Yo, what's up, everybody? On this episode of the Bullpen Podcast, we're going to be chopping it up with none other than Justin Wu. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of everything from what it is to be a hackerpreneur or a growth hacker, pretty much what's currently going on with the space and how it can be improved. And we're going to talk about all of the things he plans on doing this year to basically help grow the space. Let's do it. All right. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! Podcast number nine, the crypto bully. Wow! <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium. Yo, what's up, everybody? All right, so check this out. So, to anybody who doesn't know, right? So, what I do is for my podcast, I actually have a list of people that are kind of like my bucket lists. These are people that uh, I look into and I really like what they're doing. And these are the people that I really want to interview. And what's really cool about today's episode is I'm actually chatting with one of those people right now as a guest on the podcast. So I'm super stoked about today. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and bring them in. How you doing, Justin Wu? Hey, doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah, of course. No problem, man. I, I super appreciate you taking time, man, to come on to the podcast. Uh, uh, pretty much like I just said, man, um, I, I've pretty much followed you for a, a nice little while now. Really love what you're doing in the space, man, and super happy to have you on the podcast, bro. <laughs> so, uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, of course. No problem. No problem, man. So uh, just for uh, listeners who may not be as familiar with you and things like that, can you give them just a little bit of background of kind of how you got started in the cryptocurrency space and uh, where you're at now? Yeah. So like I got involved in the crypto space probably around like 2013, 14, uh, when I learned about Bitcoin and actually Dogecoin and Litecoin. (laughs) And uh, I was a big gamer. And so I did a lot of uh, mining with my graphics cards and um, what really fascinated me about the space was kind of the disruption uh, it had on the financial world and uh, the idea of digital currencies was uh, kind of appealing to me, especially become, uh, from a gaming uh, standpoint. Uh, and I was really used to digital assets and games and this was, was a new form of that, except using for new types of value and value asset transfership. So um, for me, like jumping into the space, uh, kind of went all in the industry probably about like a year and a half ago. 
but I've always been a crypto hodler, I should say, um, for the past like four years or so in and out. Uh, but definitely, you know, like for me, uh, building communities and kind of, I guess, evangelizing uh, about decentralization, distributed ledger technologies, and blockchain has been kind of my go-to, uh, mostly across like uh, both online and then locally in the West Coast area for like LA, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, and Vancouver. Nice. And uh, and so what I've been doing is really just been helping a lot of companies with their uh, essentially uh, community building, evangelism, um, hosting meetups um, in each most of those cities every single month. And then uh, host kind of more uh, different style type of conferences than you what you typically see out there. Um, we heavily focus on on the blockchain technology side of things and distributed ledger technologies and DAGs. Uh, so we don't really have as much as heavy into crypto um, and trading as possible, but it's more so on the actual building and people who are actually building in the space. And so um, we hosted the Seattle the first Seattle blockchain conference. Um, we had about like 700 people attend that one, um, Bittrex, uh, Enterprise, like T-Mobile, Microsoft, Amazon, etc. Uh, and then we're also doing a little bit more focused events too, like a blockchain gaming one, uh, blockchain mining and healthcare that is uh, more industry specific too. Um, just because we're seeing out there with the events and conferences out there being su- super saturated and others charging thousands of dollars, we didn't really... Um, care to do that we want to just bring good people together provide value across these different regions and uh, help advance each of those specific um, niches and industries where blockchain can overlap and bring people together wow that's yeah (laughs) man that's awesome yeah that's definitely what i love about uh what you do and that's why i love following you man just seeing the, the the things that you engage with the people that you engage with and things like that and the fact that you are focused on the uh the blockchain aspect of it and you're really getting to uh kind of delve into the back end of things and seeing how you know projects are being created and things like that man i think that that's awesome and i think that that's something uh we absolutely need in this space man and i think you do just a phenomenal job uh, executing that, man. So, I mean, seriously, kudos to you, man, and what you bring to the Thanks. space. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, man. And, and and actually, now that I think about it too, right, so considering that, right, with your focus on the blockchain, I'm sure you see a lot happening. You see a lot of things going on. Like, I guess, how do you feel right now about like, kind of the current state of blockchain and about the direction you think we're going to be headed in in the future? Yeah, we're still, we're still in the early building phases, not even like fully built yet. If you look at uh, the phases of any type of tech adoption, right? The, the only thing that really drove our interest in, in the past like two years, I'd say, was because of the uh, ICO and price speculation of things. But that huge spike, though, did create a new round of professionals, legitimize the industry, and yeah. each wave that we're seeing is legitimizing the industry as we uh, continue to, to grow, right? There's a lot more professionals working in the space, more events, more people talking about it. And now people are understanding the difference between Bitcoin and blockchain, which is great. Before... Before all that, like you, everybody just associated Bitcoin with you know crime and drugs and everything else, and that's all they thought about. Not even talking about blockchain technology. But if we're looking at all the signs and, and signals now, you know we're seeing like what Facebook uh, gearing up for their own stablecoin slash blockchain project, hiring hundreds, hundred plus people. Uh, same with uh, Jack Dorsey with Square, J.P. Morgan, uh, Nasdaq, New York Stock Exchange. They're all just starting to hire now, which means then if they're just starting to build their teams now, they'll take another year for initial R&D for their concepts and then probably another year to maybe even beta test. 
and get buy-in from both regulators and institutions and investors, and then maybe even a rollout after that. But that's still like a if um, three years down the road. Because if you look at the what happened with like Ethereum, uh, EOS, Tron, etc., they you know like even though it's like Tron EOS, it's been almost like a a year after mainnet launched for some of these platforms and they're still foundational wise not fully there yet yeah um, even like tezos or cardano and so it's going to take a couple years for these um, protocols to get fully launched they have to build the, the developer um, tool sets and sdks and and whatnot and we need to onboard more developers that are not into blockchain in the space which there's millions of that and if you look at the blockchain developers currently right now there's not that much Right. Uh, compared uh, by a long shot. And so we need to get more of the, that crossover um, to advance building more. Um, and you're seeing more investments happening, but you also saw the pullback with the market collapsing and a lot of startups dying. Um, so the question comes to where, who and where is the charge going to be led from? I think it's going to be from both sides where you're going to have like the centralized projects or independent startups that were going to try to push some sort of decentralized projects. But then you're going to see the big brands and big enterprises with a lot of money and capital, and they're just going to start acquiring these different startups, um, kind of just start consolidating and try to steamroll the whole industry with their users and their connections and control and whatever um, whatever industry it is. So, uh, you know, I think we're still early on, but um, as like Andreas Antonopoulos said before too, you don't want to you don't want to jump in. After all this is done, the, the easier that it gets, then, you know, every time that we're seeing buying, let's say, like Bitcoin or any of these altcoins or any anything of these, as they advance further, like the more money comes in even um, faster from institutions, OTC, right. and uh, uh, even retail, retail investors. And then now you're in worldwide, too. So the fact that the whole world hasn't fully participated into crypto and Bitcoin yet means that we have a lot more to go and the market cap's only like what, 180 billion tops, which is like a dot in the global GDP too. So for me, like long, long long-term scope bull, um, but in terms of short-term scope, we're still going to, you know, the see some slow inches back up, but um, I don't think we'll see the big spike that we saw with like, like like, what 2017. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that, man. Man, so many good points you just made. Uh, definitely, man. The two, 2017 uh, going into twenty eighteen was absolutely nuts, especially during the summertime, man. It seemed like everything was quote unquote mooning. Um, I mean, percentage wise, gains were ridiculous, and I definitely think when this bear market kicked in, it uh, definitely flushed out a lot of the bad seeds or bad apples, uh, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, definitely gave some room for some growth. Like you said, I definitely agree that it brought in like a kind of a new wave of professionals and things like that. And that's what I look forward to. I look forward to the real growth, you know, I mean, of course it's exciting doing a bull market when prices are surging and everybody kind of has that happy sentiment. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm definitely for this space long term, So I want to see real things come to market. So, um, you know, when I think about, like you said, when you talk about like Tezos and Ethereum and things like that, when they launched their mainnet, and it's kind of like, we're, you know, we're still waiting. And, um, it, and it is funny, right? Because lately, I, right, I've been seeing quite a few people that kind of almost get kind of mad <laughs> at like Facebook and uh, these companies, right, that are coming into space. Um, but at mm-hmm. the same time, I think, right, I mean, it's, you know, two sides to it, the centralized, decentralized side. And um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I, I, in my opinion, um, I mean, yeah, well, I mean what, 
Yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> it's going to... I mean, they, they have the user base. They have the the uh, attention to get the users to try to use and transact uh, with whatever coin they have. Right. So if that pushes the edge of getting more adoption, then I'm all for it. And then I'm all for that as more people are adopting it, that through the competitive market and the free market itself, uh, that things there's always going to be incentive to try to do something and build something better as an option for uh, for consumers or retailers or anybody that's trying to like use um, user platforms. So yeah. if if they push the edge of trying to get more people through, then I'm all about it. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's kind of how I feel about it, too. I, I definitely think that it, there can be an upside to it. And if it if it uh, brings new people into the space and uh, gets them familiar with cryptocurrency and makes them feel comfortable and they want to kind of go deeper down the rabbit hole, then I think it's good. Overall, I think it's good. So um, and then when I think about that, too, thinking about the space right now, right, there's a lot of things going on. Like you said, I feel like there's a lot of growth happening. What do you feel like is like that thing that most blockchain projects and companies may like fail to miss or that they really need to focus on it to hit the, you know, hit the nail on the head. Uh, yeah. I mean, like what I think what everybody, there's, there's a few different factors I think people are missing first is, uh, I think that people are missing the actual like user base and growth. I mean, if you look at all the, the active D apps and games, their numbers are just laughable, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> compared to like mobile apps and everything else. It's like, Oh, cool. A thousand people are using it. Like that would not fly in a, non like if you look at non-blockchain startup world like a thousand is just cute <laughs> you know <laughs> and then the, the re- there's a lot of reasons for that is because like the the ui and ux is one factor to it but other things is just like the, the when user experience or interfa- user interface is just hard but other things is just like private keys uh <laughs> wallets uh understanding like sending all these different things to addresses to it adds more complications to the everyday uh purchaser and then Quite frankly, sometimes if you look at it, uh, consumers just don't really care if it's blockchain or crypto or whatever it is, as long as they still get their um, use out of it. So right. um, what what a lot of these companies and, and projects out there need to do is they need to focus on doing building an actual application or DApp that works well um, with or without or kind of making blockchain invisible to, to a lot of people. And I, I've been, you know, a lot of people are saying that Maybe because in blockchain gaming is going to lead to mass adoption, but um, at the flip side, though, it's just like people still just want a good game. They don't. Digital assets and ownership is a cool idea, right. but um, there's been moments in time in history where uh, that's been not the priority for uh, the gaming industry or uh, people using Airbnb. Then you know if they get a good experience from using an Airbnb. Why would they want to decentralize Airbnb? So it's just always a push and pull between whether they want something full decentralized or not, and if consumers really care about it or not, right. or is it a is blockchain just a tool to increase uh, trust in a trustless environment or efficiency or prevent fraud for like uh, games, like digital assets, Louis Vuitton, coffee beans, or whatever it is. So yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's always a big question to to come is like, oh, do care people care about what database do you use? No, not really. Uh, do they care about the operating system? Well, if the if the game itself or the application itself works well, that's all they care about, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's really what it is. I think that um, we're caught up with blockchain, 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 and the, the distributed and decentralized this and that. But in the end of the day, the, the everyday consumer might not 
necessarily care. And um, the so to me, why I'm more bullish on these potential bigger companies or um, more, I guess, experienced teams come into the play is because they actually have experience in X industry uh, and they can apply all their knowledge and all their connections in terms of getting partnerships and real deals done um, to make things happen. Uh, And it's like, oh, that's cute, you little anarchy uh, decentralized developer. We, you know, we, we actually know, we actually know stuff about the logistics and supply chain industry. Right. We just need to learn or, or bring blockchain experts to go execute it for Walmart or wherever to get it done. Right. And they'll get it done. Um, same thing for the gaming industry. We're seeing, um, you know, these little crypto kitty games and other games come out, which is cool. But then now we're seeing X Activision, X Blizzard guys, build who have experience building call of duty world of warcraft and other games come into the space and they're actually building a real game right. first with um blockchain running behind the scenes too and so to me it's i'm always um you know i think we need more of more of that into the industry um if we wanted to continue moving forward and getting real adoption because we have to get buy-in from because there's going to be like blockchain for real estate blockchain for finance blockchain for x we need to get the buy-ins per industry <laughs> um and the only way to do that is to get more of those people mixed into into what we're doing yeah 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 I absolutely. not sitting not sitting in a silo and um the best example that i'm seeing that happens like maybe like the healthcare um blockchain projects they're not even like those projects are not even going to any blockchain conference at all they're going straight to the healthcare conferences and have having dialogue with those people yeah. they're not spending their time trying to like sit around like uh you know a crypto con or whatever it is uh, out there because those are not the ones that are moving the needle and um, they're going in and even if they're catch, catching a lot of doubt and flack, they're still trying to move the needle um, with uh, each um, the key decision makers um, in the respective industries. And that's, I think that we need more of that. Yeah, I know. I agree a hundred percent. I think we do too. Cause I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people that I've interacted with or that I've, I've heard about, right. It seems like everybody wants to make really cool blockchain things for people in blockchain. And they almost kind of like, Oh, we'll kind of forget everybody else. They should learn. And then kind of join the party. And I'm just like, well, I'm thinking like, if you want to <laughs> create something that you want mass adoption to happen, how could mass adoption happen? If you're not thinking about the masses when you create the product and I feel like, you know, some of the best products and services you're going to see are going to be ones to where the person, the user almost doesn't even realize that they're using blockchain and cryptocurrency. It's just going to be synonymous with what they do on it pretty much on a daily basis. So it's it's really funny when I think about that. And, and I, I think you do make a lot of good points when it comes to that. <laughs> and, and one other point that I think everybody, one other point I think that everybody forgot was the, if you look closely to a lot of the blockchain startups that popped out on the ICO phase, like if you really dig down to the founders and the, the companies themselves, you'll find that uh, a lot of these companies were dead startups that couldn't raise any money through equity or VC or seed. And they went through the ICO and crypto route. Right. And uh, they're all around San Francisco, LA, and New York and, and whatnot. And, uh, and they're just, they're just like numerous counts. Like every time I went to a blockchain conference, it's like, Oh wow. Like did, I just saw you at like, you know, you, I knew you before, uh, years ago and your, your startup wasn't going anywhere. Right. And now you ICO'd and you had no business building, building that, that, that business. <laughs> it's like you were never successful to begin with outside right. of that. And just cause you got like decentralized or, uh, crowdfunded. 
um, didn't make your project any better. <laughs> like yep. it was never valid. You know, it's the same thing with my background is in like growth market, growth marketing and uh, validation and, and lean startups. Right. And um, it's, we're all about the model of trying to get it validated first before, um, before you go to the full scale and growth phase. And the truth is, is that, you know, a lot of these companies were not even ready for the prime time of whatever it is that they, they were doing. Yeah. And then one last, last part too, is that they didn't know how to even manage all that money that they just got. And they spent it irresponsibly. They didn't held it in the proper treasury. And, uh, you know, they, some of them just wrote it down, down 90%. I know. <laughs> so, you know, it's just all kind of like amateur mistakes, but yeah. um, you know it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree, and that's that's the one thing I was I was like a lot of projects I don't feel like have a well-rounded enough team for them to really execute like they hope to. It's almost kind of like they do the ICL and we just kind of hope everything works out for the best. And I'm like, you know, if if I was doing ICL and doing these projects, I would make sure I would have as many people, many of the right people in place and the resources to be able to properly manage these funds to make sure you know I, we could work on growth and development to make sure the UI, UI and UX, I feel like the things that a lot of people are missing are the first things I think of, which I, I think for me, is still kind of, kind of blows my mind, you know? Yeah. And, and then when you think and, about, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there too. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just that you, you, have seen, you've seen real startups build actual products with less than a million dollars. And yeah. you're, then you're looking at these projects raised 30 mil plus, and they haven't built anything. So it's like, what's, it just goes back to the point where a lot of these guys can't really build like they, or they're maybe, you know, maybe they're just straight up not building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're, right. just, they're just, yeah. <laughs> so. sitting, on the, sitting on the beach somewhere <laughs> drinking a margarita. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It, so it's, it's crazy. I know it's, it's nuts. Do you think there'll be like a time? So like, I, I think like, okay, right. You're going to have these companies, like you said, that are coming into this space that have the resources and the knowledge, right? You have the Facebooks and you have, you know, Walmarts and stuff like that. Do you think that there's like, if, if the people in the space blockchain space right now, right? The, the, the decentralized developers and teams right now, do you think like, okay, if you guys don't get it together within a certain amount of time, and then these big box companies start releasing their blockchain projects, it, like you said, they're going to just start eating up the market. And then it's just going to be like, they're going to basically uh, run the, the blockchain space as well. Uh, I don't think so. I think that the, the big players like Facebook and JPM, like they're going the, the, more kind of boring and stale route. I would say like they're going for like a infrastructure play and they're all seeming to point to stable coins right now only right. Um, because it's like a very, uh, dig- you know, it's just like digital payments and try to tr- same as us dollars or uh, whatever local currencies. And so everybody like the com- big companies are seeming to go after uh, that or they're building their own private blockchain solutions for whatever it is that they're, they're doing. Right. Um, like supply chain for like Boeing or Walmart, et cetera. So um, you're seeing those two developments happening from the, the big end side, but uh, I don't see any of them trying to build some sort of a uh, uh, consumer facing app at this current moment. They're just trying to build that infrastructure layer first. So I think that there's still, there's still a lot of opportunity for all these projects to, to do X in X industry or for video, for uh, decentralized computing or whatnot. And uh, there's still a lot of opportunity, but I think what we're going to see though is that um, if these comp- these big companies or brands or big funds or whatever can't um, and don't want to build, then they're just going to start acquiring a lot of these like smaller projects and rolling their team into into their their protocol or platform. 
Right. Yep. Definitely makes sense. So I could definitely see something like that happening in the future. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens. I say, I think like over the next five to 10 years and see uh, kind of how things pan out and uh, kind of how the, I guess, space as a whole kind of transforms, especially on a mass adoption level to see if like, okay, are we really starting to get this? Uh, are we starting to put, you know, ro- roll out actual projects? Are we not raising tens of millions or yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars? <laughs> and it's like a year later and it's like nothing. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I always think it's you know with with any like front emerging industry, it's going to usually typically it's going to always be business to business first before business to consumer B two B, and usually it'll look like B two B to B two B to C before we see any movement. So you know if if we can get the first adopters to to use it, whether it be like enterprises, governments, banks, or um, or big brands. Uh, then that will trickle down into them pushing it out to consumers or right. applications or, you know, it's going to start pushing adoption from the top down while uh, the, the centralized apps and, and, and companies and startups are going to push from the bottom up potentially uh, as well. So it's like pushing on both ends. Right. And uh, I like to see, I like to see both, uh, both kind of like a tug of war. And uh, the cool thing is that people can always innovate fork and, and, and just, you know, if they disagree, they can they can just take the code and, and do something else with it. Yep. And it's kind of like just rapid prototyping and and being competitive as fast as possible, right? Uh, which is at, and at scale. So, and uh, it's been a global phenomenon now. So that's to me, it's like very exciting. And um, yeah, again, like I'm not for I'm not for heavy centralization, but at, you know, at the, at the same time, it's like I. It's going to be. I'm a. I'm looking at a realistic approach. Is that in the end of the day, uh, things are looking to continue to be very centralized for so many different inter- industries. And if you're looking at like 5G and cloud computing, cloud gaming, yeah. um, that's going to start gravitating towards centralization again. Except yeah. multiple solutions, you know, multiple providers, you know. And so the, the question comes like, okay, well, uh, do you, can you host a pure decentralized network that people will want to use or will consumers still flock, like the everyday consumer flock to these centralized um, solutions and then the more advanced people will, will do some stuff behind the scenes decentralized. Um, or, or, or decentralized could be a, um, a feature set for things like identity, but then identity then at least of the mask and protect your identity. And then, then it taps into some sort of centralized application too. So it's like maybe there's hybrids um, out there for different use cases or different uh, industries. So yeah. it's still too early. Everybody's still experimenting right now. And uh, obviously there's also other forms of uh, distributed ledgers and, and DAGs out there that are not blockchains like Hashgraph and, and uh, uh, IOTA and, and, and whatnot, Nano and, and so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how those come into fruition, um, yeah. if at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, I look forward to the healthy tug of war and really kind of seeing what what uh, kind of steers the market and see where things go and things like that, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, that'll be pretty cool, man. And, um, you know, and when I think about you, man, I think one thing, a skill set that you have that I think is amazing is... I, I will call you like a master facilitator, man. Like, I feel like you have the ability to find resources um, no matter what. <laughs> it's like you you can make it happen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, two, two things I see kind of associated with you, right, is like a hackerpreneur, growth hacker, things like that. Um, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with what, like what hackerpreneur or growth hacker is and things like that, can you just kind of break down a little bit about what that is? 
I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, even though it's, it's been heavily like a buzzword in Silicon Valley and startups to, to generate growth very you know, fast with little money or yeah. um, seeing these huge spikes. Um, sure, that's part of growth hacking. But the, the real thing about growth hacking um, that was a little bit different than a traditional marketer was that typically a marketer would only focus on a single channel and maybe they just run Facebook ads or like Instagram ads or mm-hmm. Telegram and be cool with it. Uh, but the growth hacker, the only difference in growth hacking is that uh, we're running... 10 different channels and 10 different experiments, maybe nine of them fail, but one where it works, but we're running multiple tests and experiments right. now in a rapidly growing internet where people's attention has been um, spread across so many different devices. Sometimes people are consuming Twitter on Tuesday only or Twitter at noon and Instagram on Fridays or whatever behavior has been so spread. So um, growth hacking was more of a acceleration of marketing and experimental marketing where you combine data with technology, the internet and understanding the business itself all together to achieve marketing and growth for the product. So, you know, you're, you're always running your marketing campaigns based off the data itself and reacting to it and, and then working with developers and the business side to, to make it happen where a typical marketer would just only focus on the business side and marketing. Um, now, since everything is becoming so software and uh, internet driven, um, we need to build new hybrids of somebody that sits in the middle of all three parties, the consumer, the developer, and the business side. And we're seeing more of this outside of marketing too. We're seeing it in data science. Like a data scientist, they are a mathematician, statistics, they understand programming and they understand the context or the human aspects of whatever the data that they're trying to analyze. And we're going to continue to see more of these um, hybrid class of cross-disciplinary, uh, inter- you know, um, I guess jobs and, and uh, new class uh, titles uh, yeah. out there as, uh, as things are getting more complex and, and multiple systems are colliding together where everything's all blended. And uh, that's how growth hacking kind of came to be, besides the, the whole buzzword. Right. And uh, I've just been always about trying to... Um, and my only, last, my only last point about that is that since there are so many different marketing channels and uh, avenues that you can go out there, it's impossible to become a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Telegram, Twitch master yeah. <laughs> out there. So the only best way to be resourceful for that is, is f- reverse engineering competitors or people that are actually crushing it in, in those spaces right? Uh, or just straight up looking for experts and having them audit what you're doing and getting advice or tips and calling them in when, when you need to. Uh, so it's like being resourceful is the key. And I think that everybody's always trying to do it themselves. It's, it's impossible to, to tackle all these different things um, as a solo individual and also to not essentially learn how to learn. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a process, there's a whole process in, in how to pick up things and learn fast. And there's a whole methodology for that too. And, and that's kind of like the, the mindset that growth hacking uh, is all about. 
Yeah, yeah, man. So many good points there. And the funny thing is I was literally talking about this with a really good friend of mine last night, late last night. And that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, it's funny, right? Because I've had conversations with a lot of people in the blockchain space. And I really do feel like there's way too many people that are trying to trying to uh, wear way too many hats when that's not necessarily their uh, their their uh, expertise. You know, they, they don't have yeah. a lot of experience there. So it's just like, you know, it's kind of like you really have to kind of set the ego aside, you know, and it feels good, right? I mean, if you could do something something all by yourself right it's it, it, you know it's like yeah. okay cool i understand but i mean let's be realistic in a in the space that we're in when we're talking about blockchain and cryptocurrency that is going to be pretty much almost impossible like you know you're gonna have to have other people that are uh really good at what they do and then you if you're the one in charge of that product you're gonna know have to go you're gonna have to know how to go and find those people and bring them to you and basically you know build a whole I mean, build a nice machine that kind of runs by itself so you know yeah like, exactly yeah, exactly yeah so when i think about crypto man that's i i really hope to see a lot more of that uh in the future and going forward and i hope something clicks and people are like you know what yeah we really should do that why are we trying to do all of this by ourselves especially when it comes to managing money like please get a really good fund manager or treasurer or something so if you do do an yeah. ico <laughs> and you raise a crap load of money it doesn't just go away it doesn't poof and disappear because that's going to suck and you you know you're gonna have to close the door so who wants to nobody wants to be that person at all <laughs> yeah exactly yeah not at all man exactly no, yeah not at all so yeah, man. So what do you have? Uh, uh, what do you have coming up uh, uh, traveling wise? Like, are you going to be doing any uh, conferences coming up or anything? Yeah, so I just came from Costa Rica uh, just to take a look at what's going down in Latin America blockchain. Uh, they're still very, very early, but uh, there's some promising movements uh, specifically in Costa Rica just because uh, Costa Rica has been very open to gambling and iGaming. Right. And so that's usually a good sign for uh, kind of more forward thinking and progressive, uh, progressive uh, regulation uh, and, and regulatory environments. And also too, the country is about like 95% renewable energy, mm-hmm. which is insane. So it's perfect for mining um, as well. Um, so I got to go down and take a look and visit that. Um, but overall, like I've been pulling back in terms of like how many, how much conferences I'm attending because uh, you know, everybody's saying the same exact thing and, and you really won't find the people who are building stuff at those conferences at all, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. They're all building and being quiet in the backgrounds. And uh, it's only the business guys or developers, investors, or, or, or scam ICOs typically running around among or the influencers that you'll find uh, a lot of these events and they've been more or less the same. And so I'm like more picking and choosing now if it's like a very specific thing about like gaming. Yeah. Then I'll go to that one, blockchain gaming and non-fungible tokens. If it's about healthcare or, um, you know, if it's more laser focused, I'll go to those or, or regional if it's a region that I want to tap more into like Asia, Latin America or Europe uh, as well. Um, but the next big one that I'm going to go for is Consensus New York. Uh, not going to, that's going to be in May, but I'm not going to go to the main conference. I don't, uh, $2,000 ticket, even 15 or 1,000, like, come on. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to chill in the lobby. <laughs> and I'm just going to be there just because um, for my, my, my conversations, is I've seen that everybody's kind of skipped a lot of conferences. And if they were to go to one, they would at least go to New York during that time, at least like a lot of the professionals around the world, right. um, Asia, Europe, and, and et cetera. So I'm just going to be there to just take in the connections and, 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 and chat and, uh, and see what's up, <laughs> see what's up over there. Nice. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy though. So, <laughs> but yeah. uh 
you know, I hope that we continue, you know, and then the, the other ones are just going to be the ones that I'm going to be hosting, which is uh, Seattle DevCon, uh, which is going to be end of June. We're going to make it completely free uh, and community sponsored back um, to attend because uh, I'm all about that. And we teamed up with the University of Washington. We're going to bring in the University of Oregon in Oregon and, and British Columbia, hopefully as well, too. Um, we're talking to a lot of the protocols out there, like Tezos, Hashgraph, Ethereum Classic, Emergo with Cardano, um, Block One, and more. So we're going to make it a blockchain agnostic uh, type event, and uh, and we're going to focus again, like on we're going to have a track for uh, blockchain beginners 101 for students and early learners, and then we're going to have a business enterprise track, and then a developer track too. So we hit all those different levels too, because um, the way that I want to go about is I want to make an inclusive and an accessible event and you can't have an inclusive accessible event by having advanced topics only or enterprise only mm-hmm. um, or have a high barrier price to entry because let's be honest, like in a bear market right now, like non-blockchain developers will not even pay a hundred dollars to come to a conference <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. because they're just not really that interested into it. So we just want to make it open so that everybody can come through um, uh, for that. Uh, and uh, I'm not like an event marketing company purely. Like I'm, I'm just doing it because I see that people are out of frustration. Everybody's been exhausting and, and tapping it out and, and not providing a lot of value for um, learning and advancing this, this industry forward. And, and that's kind of what I want to do. And uh, the last one I'm going to do, the second one is um, a blockchain gaming one, one day before E3 uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, we just want to have conversations between the real game gaming industry, esports, and blockchain development companies. Nice. That is, yeah, man. So, got, got, a, got a good schedule ahead of you, man. I definitely want to uh, check out the one in Seattle, man. Um, I think that's going to be awesome, and I freaking love Seattle. That is like, I'm, uh, at some point in time, I'm going to make that home, man. I love it there. It's just beautiful, especially during the summertime. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm a rain person, so... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been beautiful, <laughs> and uh, as, as the the Earth is getting more warm, it's getting more sunnier. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I used to be like ninety percent. Used to be ninety five percent rain. Now it's ninety four percent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's getting uh, it's getting it's getting better though. But uh, no, it's uh Seattle's be- became uh, Seattle has always been like a, a low key uh, major player in the whole tech industry, right. uh, and we're starting to see everybody wake up to that, like Neo. Um, just opened up offices in Seattle now, uh, but Amazon just took over Seattle. Dropbox just tripled their team. Google too, SpaceX, Apple, everybody, everybody from Vario is actually moving up here. So yeah. uh, we're continuing to see more developers um, getting tapped in for that from the the uh, blockchain side of things too. So it's uh, definitely an exciting time, and we want to kind of like highlight the Seattle as a potential blockchain hub for development and building platforms. Man, that is super dope. Yeah, I look forward to that. So, yeah, I mean, it's so much going on, like you said, man. I, I definitely look forward to my next trip there. And, yeah, I look forward to coming to uh, to that event, man. And, uh, yeah, rocking it out. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. Oh, and, you know another Love to have cool, you there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we should, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, man. We should link up or something, man. It'd be pretty cool. Sweet. One, one, one other question, man. I like to ask everybody that comes on the show. When you're thinking about yourself, right, what mark do you feel like that you want to leave on the blockchain and cryptocurrency world at the end of the day? What mark? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, that, that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely a tough question. Uh, yeah, I mean, like to, <laughs> I mean, it, it, the, the, I think the mark that I want to leave is, is kind of like the one that I'm just like building right now. It's like I just want to provide uh, value and connect people together and 
educate the community um, across different industries and, and different verticals too. I think that blockchain has a interlacing play across a lot of different ways and that has helped me learn about a lot of new things uh, and new industries that I never knew otherwise and just expands my thoughts and, and figuring out how these applications work. But also too, it helps, has helped me to understand that um, this technology could is also being treated very differently per region too. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been opening my eyes to, to see people come together and, and collaborate together. And what excites me about blockchain technology and what I hope to continue to help foster is, um, you know, I've never seen a time before where even though people are working on a healthcare blockchain project or cannabis or mm-hmm. coffee beans or whatever it is, um, they're still talking and collaborating and, and, and just networking together. And if you saw that in like the startup industry, if you worked in whatever industry separately, like you wouldn't really talk to each other, but now everybody's trying to like help each other grow in this kind of like crowd shared uh, mentality and, and market. And uh, that's just really exciting for me. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful, man. A beautiful thing, man. When you see people kind of coming together and uh, everything kind of growing all at the same time. So yeah, I could agree with you, yep. man. <laughs> Dude, again, Justin, like seriously, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, speechless at this point. <laughs> I'm super, super stoked that I got yeah. to talk to you, man. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time, man. So I, again, I really appreciate you, t- appreciate you taking some time out, man, and coming on to the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's uh, definitely fun. And uh, yeah, definitely have to meet up for some some drinks <laughs> and beer. <laughs> definitely, man. I'm, I'm for it. Believe it or not, man. I am definitely for it. So, uh, man, why don't you uh, just let people know, man, where can they find you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. So you can find Find me on like LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, if you type in Justin Wu, W-U, it should come up. Uh, if not, I need to continue growing myself. But uh, <laughs> you can also find my handle as uh, Hackerpreneur is H-A-C-K-A-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. So it's, <laughs> again, it's a mouthful. You can just find again, just Justin Wu, Justin uh, W-U. And uh, yeah. I'll uh, look forward to connecting you with you guys. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. Everybody, you guys, you know how I do it. So uh, in the show notes, make sure you check those out. I'm going to have all the links to his social media and stuff there. uh, So you'll be able to access them, man. I'm telling you, this is uh, one person I would highly suggest uh, following, man. Justin is a very sharp guy. He knows his stuff. And uh, he definitely uh, advocates for the growth of of the industry as a whole in a really positive way. So, yeah, man. Until next time, bro. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have to link up. If anything, I'll probably see you in Seattle, man, at the end of June. Awesome. For sure. For sure. We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at one bullpen podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too, tune into the Snapchat at the Crypto Bully. That's at the Crypto Bully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.